team. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. From inside the warehouse, inside Oriole Park at Camden Yards, it is the Mass and All Access podcast. Paul Mancano and Bobby Blanco here with you. Uh, mere seconds after the news was broken that the Orioles game tonight banged. Bang! As Mike uh, Breen, what, is it Mike Breen? I don't know. So, no, Mike Breen is the Notre Dame coach? No. What are you talking about? Basketball? Yeah. No, the 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 broadcaster, the next guy, he goes. Bang! Yeah, I know you always do that, so I don't I know what you're that, talking yeah. about. Curry from way downtown. <laughs> Bang! Um. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, cool. Yeah, give us the news there, Bob. <laughs> yeah, it oh, is Mike Breen. Orioles twins postponed on Friday and day doubleheader on Saturday. Single admission starting at four o'clock. Uh, weather is supposed to be way nicer. It is disgusting. Here in Baltimore, what it accent is, was that there? Bob? Have you, it's a it's a TikTok. Have you seen that? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, I'm not nine years old. Oh, no. I don't have the app. I've just seen the video. Oh, Paul. sure, sure, I'll show sure. to you when we're done recording. Um, no, it is raining cats and dogs uh, at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Looking outside our office window, thank God they called it early. You know, you hate to see pitchers go through warm ups and yeah. then get delayed, and then uh, will they? Won't they? Right. But you're also forgetting, Bobby, what? the sad news that you reminded me of. We don't get food. Yeah, and tonight was crab cakes. Tonight was crab cakes in the world. The press dining. I mean, yeah. come on. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, that is the more important thing. Yeah. So you wish, you know, in that kind of situation that they would uh, at least, you know, send us the, the remaining crab cakes, the frozen crab cakes that I'm sure are sitting mere feet away. I was actually just thinking, like, where do they get the crab cakes? Because they don't do it very often. It's like... Right. Once in a blue moon here. Yeah. Uh, they have a Boogs set. is easy. You know, Boogs right is easy, there. yeah. But I was going to say, I wonder since they do it so infrequently, like maybe they actually have them catered from like a local restaurant. That'd be kind of dope. Yeah. Um, well, they they have gone with place. some local food options yeah. in the ballpark here, bub. Yeah. Um, speaking of food, you know what I was thinking about recently? What's that? So I was cutting into my avocado. We, we've we talked about how I, yes, I eat avocados by themselves sometimes. That's totally fine. It's okay. Thank you. It's thank very you. normal. Um. Olivia, with a right or social media manager, some you know sometimes gives me crap about it. So, oh, because it's not on toast, right? Exactly. So I'm cutting out the carbs and I'm just going straight with the avocado. Um, but anyway, I'm cutting into the avocado and I was thinking, is the avocado the only food that typically, if you're eating by itself, requires all three utensils to eat? Because you got a knife, you got to knife that baby open. You get, uh, you know, the knife, usually you stick it in the pit and you yeah. twist it. Mm-hmm. You got to get the spoon to scoop it out. You can't do that with anything else, pretty much. And then a fork is probably the only, the best way to eat it. You can scoop it up once you cut it up, but you're probably, if it's a ripe avocado, you're going to want to go with for a fork there. Yeah, uh, I've scooped it with a fork before. Have you? Yeah, because, like, the fork had still, I mean, while it has the sporks, it's curved. It's still curved yeah. on the backside. So I kind of... Use that to to, yeah. to scoop it out, it's of, like, out of the shell yeah, or it's, the, the skin. It's like if you have like yogurt or something and you're desperate, then you go with a fork. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's doable, but that's a interesting. <laughs> Man, you have a lot of time on your hands when you're cutting your avocados, Paul. <laughs> it actually, you know, avocado is also one of those foods that take a while to 
get to the goodness before you can eat it. That's an interesting thought. I would, I can't off the top of my head think of anything else that like a crab. See, I mean, with that, you mean your a spoon gives you nothing with a crab. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of things that you really need to like work at in order to eat. Well, um, first of all, you have to think of so the knife. All sandwiches are out. All sandwiches, soups are out. Soup, yeah, liquids are out. But so, yeah. Hmm. So, what kind of food would it? Well, be? the thing is, I think the the wild card is the knife because you need you have to have something that needs to be cut. Yeah, with a knife exactly. because you can cut things with a fork, like you know, like a banana. You can just slice with a fork and right. pick and eat it. You can yeah. even do that with already a peeled avocado. So you need something that has to be either opened with a knife or thick enough where it has to be cut with a knife. Right. So like that's your starting skin, point. So the skin of a right is you know what works in this situation. What's it called? The hind? No. The hind. I feel hind. like that. Uh, it's like a cantaloupe has like a yeah. Is it a hind? I thought so. <laughs> is that I, the I've word? always I called sound, it the skin. It sounds. I sound like an idiot when I, I that know. word comes out of my mouth. Yeah, uh, we though. do not have very good. No. Nope. It's not hind. <laughs> What's it called? Is it an E at the end? Oh, we are dumb. <laughs> it's it sounds I, when you said it, it sounded almost right. Our listeners are screaming yeah. at their iPhones right now. It's called a blank. Yeah. <laughs> Tweet at us at Paul Mancano, at Pepper's Corp. What is the skin of an avocado or a cantaloupe yeah. called? Because it's not just skin. I feel like I feel like though, you know, with it with like a cantaloupe, you also could probably use. I, I you can't really you know. You need the knife to cut through. You you obviously need to like cut it up with a knife. Yeah. Do you need a spoon? Oh wait, you need a spoon to spoon out the guts inside. Yeah. Right. Kind of like cantaloupe slash pumpkin. Yeah. 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 Like a can. So like. But again, I think you can do that with a fork. Yeah, you probably like can. a big. Like you can do like that a with big, a squash. Like salad serving fork. Like with a squash, you can use a yeah. fork to get the guts out. Yeah. <laughs> Almost better because it kind of like uses like a rake. Exactly, exactly. Where, but with with like a cantaloupe, those are like seeds. It's goopy, so you would need a spoon in that situation. Okay. Also, for those who don't know, like Paul and I have a shared Google Doc where we put all of our notes for the podcast mm-hmm. on, and for at least since the beginning of the regular season, it has said avocado question mark and i was like what the heck is he gonna bring up for about avocado and here we go i these are i just got to throw down the random thoughts in my mind also bobby how do you spell cantaloupe without looking it up did you just google no, it oh no. Look, how do you, you spell cantaloupe you can see my computer uh cantaloupe c-a-n-t-e nope a cantaloupe l-o-p-e l-o-u-p-e o-u cantaloupe cantaloupe i have no idea why you spell it that way but uh, yeah, how to peel and cut a cantaloupe is what I'm currently looking up. I'm looking about how to, what the skin of an avocado is. <laughs> avocado, avocado, wrinkly skin. and gross. Um, all right, let's talk baseball while you look that up. Um, the Orioles, uh, as of the time of this recording of this podcast, excuse me, are coming off uh, a heck of a win uh, to close out their series in Tampa. An 11-inning win in which Joey Ricker drove in the go-ahead run. You've got a confused face. What do you want to say? No, I don't want to say it. <laughs> okay. Uh, that led me down a dark path. No, of course. <laughs> Up down the internet. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, coming off a great win, um, you know, we talked about even a week or so ago the fact that this team had kind of this, and it's cliche to say, but like a never-say-die kind of attitude. The fact that they were kind of um, – you know, w- w- very together, and they were taking it one day at a time because there are a lot of y- a lot of young guys, 
And that's something that has been confirmed by, you know, Dan Straley said it um, after one of his starts, basically, like, this team takes this game to game more than any other team I've been with. Like, basically, they are just focused on, which is the best way to think about it, um, you know, baseball. It's such a grind. You can't get caught up in the highs and the lows. And I thought that was such a, an example of them using it yeah. to their advantage last night. Yeah. I <laughs> You just said I hate to use... Uh, cliches but then you just rattle off like five cliches, cliches. but i also I'll, what We're i was gonna say this one day at a time yeah well what i was gonna say is like, obviously you know i always think of that bull durham uh uh scene yes. where you like just use use the the cliche answers <laughs> and baseball is full of cliches oh my gosh but i think especially with a rebuilding young team like it's totally fine using them because like they do have a never say die attitude they do have a why not us kind of you have right. to otherwise you're just going to get destroyed yeah and buried and what's the point you know you just kind of have to have their cliches for a reason because they're a positive mindset yeah. so um but yeah i i you know first of all i got to touch because i was working the game last night joey rickard man i mean he's doing everything he can to it's help awesome his team to win four tied a career high four hits drove in the game winning rbi um in the eleventh, top of the of the eleventh inning, uh, made a spectacular catch in right field at one point. In the first inning, he dove into first base or second inning, head first, head first, and then stole second. Yeah, on the next pitch, I think it was. Yeah, so Joey Rickard just playing his tail off, yeah. which is so much fun to see. And a lot of these guys are, and it's you know Dwight Smith Jr., Jonathan VR, Jesus Sucre, Pedro Severino had a great night last night. He had a strike him out, throw him out, then comes up to lead off at bat and hits a moonshot of a yeah. home run. Uh, Tampa Bay ended up hitting a home run that got stuck in the rafters, but I'm surprised Pedro didn't get stuck up there too because that was a, good lord, was that a shot. He, I I mean, Pedro Severino has had pop in the past. It's just like a matter of like getting more hitting. And, you know, with a young catcher, it's always tough. But I just love the the energy that oh he my brings. God, so much fun. We saw it um, when he was with the Nationals. It's like <laughs> behind the plate, if you haven't seen, like a couple of people have cut it up. Also, the way he gets fired up after every pitch is like crazy. And if he gives a, if his pitcher gives up a home run, he rips off the mask and he's he's mad. I mean, yeah. that is you love to see that kind of attitude. Yeah. And that he is the perfect guy to fit into this clubhouse because you know, he, he, we don't know what his whole career holds in general, but we know that he's going to be fighting every day and trying to make the his pitchers better. So he may not have as much experience as a Sucre or somebody else, but he is helping his teammates get better by firing them up on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Same with Hanser Alberto. He is like the, uh, I see the same type of fire in him and the way that he reacts with his teammates. Yeah, Rio Ruiz had a home run the other night too. I mean, it was a blowout game, but uh, he's got that kind of spark. I mean, these guys are playing with energy and that's what you want to see. And uh, I was going to say that too. It's just so much fun to watch. And, And Brandon Hyde, I mean, he loves talking about it. It's yeah. like, I would almost say, like, because, you know, on the road, Masson and Gary Thorne get that one-on-one with him yeah. for the post-game interviews instead of doing, like, a whole press conference. And, you know, I almost feel like, oh, man, is this question getting tired? But yeah. Brandon High loves Andrew. He's like, I love this energy. It's so much fun yeah. to come in and work with these guys because they're all, like, pelts to the metal every single day. And um, that's what, I mean, when you got a young team like this with, you know, the why-not-us yeah. mentality... 
you know, you have to need that energy. It's a long season and, you know, let's keep it going. Yeah. It makes it fun to watch. It's it, fun baseball. And you see like a lot of the, not to like draw a complete comparison, obviously, but like teams like the Red Sox who are just having no fun. Like they, oh my gosh, they, you know, like they are, which under, makes it more fun for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are under like the most obviously intense scrutiny being in Boston, having just won the world series. And now they're coming out to a terrible start. And it's like, you know, they, they are just like, it looks like they are just morose every day. Yeah. Um, and just the fact that like th- th- all these players have things that they do with each other. I don't know what it's called. I don't know if anybody has written a piece about it, but like the thing where they're like ripping the chainsaw mm-hmm. after like big hits like that is just exciting to see that they have a thing and yeah. they have certain handshakes and like that is good to see because you know these guys haven't played much together before and yeah. they already want to play with each other they like each play other play for each other and play for each other um even uh, Chris Davis yesterday gets the single up the middle in the 11th inning he scored the game winning run it goes to thir- first to third on a ball hit to left field that like and right out of the gate he might not have been running as hard going into second. He sees that the left fielder was backing up on that ball and he puts his head down and gets into third. And he's ended up scoring easily. But what if there was a pass ball and he had to score like yeah. that is that that kind of like little competitive edge um that ju- you just have to have if you're a team like this. First of all, Chris Davis has been battling what the flu for the past couple yeah, of days yeah. and he did that basically on like a sixth stomach. Yeah, stomach bug, yeah. He made me when I saw that made me super nervous cuz I was like, oh, cuz oh, he because yeah. he, he like stopped and I was like, <laughs> oh, he's going to get thrown out. Um yeah. there's also a product of the turf out there at, at the trap. Thank God for that because it was yeah. the, the awkward high bounce um from the single. Right. Um but yeah, I mean that was taking advantage of the small things like that and and being aggressive and and Brandon Hines talking about that too. Be aggressive, but also be smart about it. Like, you know, yeah. we we can't afford, we're a young team, we can't afford to give the other team outs and or leave outs out there. Right. So, you know, be aggressive, but also be smart about it. So it, it's been a lot of fun. Paul, before we switch gears right here, talking about how much fun this team is having and everything. Yeah. The big, big news in baseball over the past couple of, what, 48 hours or whatever, is the whole celebration oh, the thing. Pimping, the yeah. pimping of the home runs and the strikeouts and everything. Just need to get your take on what you think about guys celebrating right. or admiring their home runs and, and vice versa for pitchers. I and, think and the old that whole kind of mindset about it. I think if the league is going to make their motto "Let the kids play," then they've already taken a side on it. And I think not the debate is over, but I think it's pretty clear like what side <laughs> we not what side we should be on. But like if you're, I don't see any reason to ever throw at a guy. For like, I don't, and obviously the league would condone that kind of wouldn't condone that kind of actions either. But like, if somebody pimps a home run, you never throw at the guy because yeah. you, anytime you throw at somebody, you have a potential to end a guy's career. Like that, that's just how it goes. And I know that doesn't, you know, that's rare. But like that, you you that can't be a retaliation for somebody pimping a home run off you. That yeah. just can't be. It. Yeah, you have to be able to find a better way to. If if you're pissed about it, I get that. But you have to find a better way than throwing at somebody. I mean, how childish is that? Yeah. Like, oh, you hit a home run off me and then admired it. I'm going to hit you. Like, right. that's like yeah. kindergarten stuff. Your obvious retaliation is get him out next time. Exactly. Just get him out. Like, exactly. Be better. Like, and it's it's just so cowardly because it's it's taking it a step that the batter doesn't have. He, he is, like, defenseless in the way that, like, the batter doesn't have the ability to hurt the pitcher. The pitcher has the ability to hurt a batter, yeah. to break his bone, to like yeah. that's so like 
you can't abuse that power. That's yeah. an abuse of that power. Um, so, so, but yeah, but I think whatever. Well, also know. cowardly because like by hitting him, you're not even giving him a chance. Like it's almost like you're scared to pit to yeah. him again because yeah. he'll hit another home run off you. It's, it's like, like intentionally walking him. Yeah, kind of. It's like, you know, man up, throw yeah. a pitch, get him. Like that's the retaliation. Like, you know, I mean, I've never been a pitcher. Actually, I was a pitcher in fourth grade. Um, nice. But a major league pitcher and been in this instance. But like, I don't know, as a competitor, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to get you out yeah. next time. Like just... I'm not why, like why beat like, him. Yeah, like, <laughs> if you hit him, you're giving him the base. That's like, yeah, I don't, you're giving him what you want him to do. Yeah, I don't know. That's so. And the whole mindset of like all these guys, like, oh, this is not how baseball should be. Blah blah blah. Go back to 1925, please. Like, <laughs> get get out of here. Like, it's fun. Make baseball fun again. You know, you want to grow the game. You want young kids to play baseball. Make it fun. Admire your home runs. Admire your strikeouts. I don't. Right. I saw a highlight of some minor league pitcher. Striking out a guy to end the game, he did a backflip on the mound. Right. Like that might be a little over the top because backflips are dangerous. Yeah. But you know, get my point. You know, have fun, make it competitive, make it fun. Um, well, and my thing is, if you, home runs and strikeouts are sexy now, if you're a position player and you don't like it, just don't do it. Like, I I don't think you should be telling other guys what to do. Maybe in your own clubhouse, you have some sway and you want to say something, but like. Just don't do it. And if you're a pitcher, just don't give up home runs. Like, <laughs> and there's right, and there's there's a time and place for it too because we saw last year when Pedro Severino was with the Nationals, mm-hmm. he kind of pimped a home run, right? And the Nationals sent him down because they were like, "Hey, you're batting under 200. Like, right. you're not really in a position to pimp home runs yeah. right now." And and I don't think you should pimp it in cer- yeah certain situations. If you're down ten, the eighth yeah. inning, and yeah. you're pimping a solo home run, like no. Yeah, that, you know, sweet. That's yeah. But walk off home run, absolutely. Right. Tie game late in the eighth inning, absolutely. And and it kind of is grand of slam, those, sure. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like you don't need to retaliate because that kind of thing like it it takes care of itself in a way. Like if if you did like Pedro Severino kind of getting optioned last year, like and if you did pimp a home a solo home run in that um you know the eighth inning, you would just get laughed at. Like yeah. that's so it kind of polices itself. In yeah, that yeah. Way. Especially, um, yeah, and the same thing with, like, homering when you're down 10 to nothing. Yeah. It's like, all right, sweet. Yeah. We're going to win by nine. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts. No, that's fair. That's what everyone was talking about this past week in the Major League Baseballs. Bobby, let's uh, play a little game of true or false. Ooh, quiz time. All yeah, right. quiz time. Um, I have six statements. Six? Yeah. Six statements. Don't know why six. Just pick six. Uh, six statements, and we're going to talk about whether... We believe them to be true or believe them to be false about these 2019 Orioles. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, first question. Statement, rather. I don't know. What's this game called? Andrew <laughs> Kashner is the most reliable starting pitcher on the O's roster. We saw him yesterday. Uh, looked pretty good. Look, he, he doesn't have a stellar ERA, but he is, uh, right now he has a lower ERA than Dylan Bundy. He's obviously healthier than Alex Cobb. Um, That's the key. I was going to say false out, because know. I was going to say false because of Alex Cobb. Right, but reliable is the key word. That's here. the key word here. And Alex Cobb has now missed two starts mm-hmm. due to injury. He, he was supposed to pitch tonight, yeah. but the game got rained out. That's yeah, unfortunate. Till tomorrow, which actually might be better. Maybe that's another day's rest for him. I guess. Yeah. And he said because he said his back isn't a hundred percent, but right. it's He's still not bad enough where he keeps him from pitching. So who knows? Maybe an extra day's rest. Keeps that back from spazzing out too much on him. Uh, on this date, April 19th, 2019, 
Yes, right. He is. In the grand scheme of things, I'm going to say it's still Alex Cobb. Right. Okay. And even, let's, I mean, Dan Strader looked really good in Boston. He did. And so let's give him a couple more starts and see yeah. where he comes around because we know him to be a pretty reliable and consistent pitcher yeah. when he was with Miami. So I'm going to say as of today right now, just because everyone else is kind of struggling and he's been pretty consistent for Andrew Kashner. Right. Yes, he is. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm 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 still going to kind of flip to Alex Cobb. And I'm not going to get caught up in small sample size. At least I'm going to try not to. But John Means has been... Pretty darn I good. mean, he means business. Sorry. Oh my god. Um, I'm surprised it was me, not you. Podcast right here. I'm surprised it was me, not you. Yeah, I I got all of mine out in that mass and all access. Um, <laughs> Ding. Right now, he's got a one seven two ERA. Uh, his changeup looks awesome. Just is like when you see a guy that young that has a go to lights out pitch. That is so encouraging because so many of these young guys have stuff, and it's like, ah, can they control it? Can they know how to use it? And he already knows how to use this pitch. And (laughs) (laughs) did I do that? One of us did that. Uh, So there's a a sound barrier (laughs) that we have set up for our podcast, and it just fell. Just fell like so slowly too. It landed like on a chair behind it, and just kind of like fell to the ground. I wonder if they. Did you hear that? That just collapsed. Yeah. It was just like, I'm done. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> that was insane. It, it is gone home early for the rain. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's a delay. I'm out. Um, it is quitting time. <laughs> this is what we get for talking avocado for the first 45 minutes of yeah. this podcast. Yeah. President fall asleep during that <laughs> conversation. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, John Means has been really good. Uh, it was awesome working the game last night and his two innings of relief. In the 10th and 11th inning, mind you. And Brian yeah. Roberts, who was joining Gary Thorne on the Mass and Broadcast uh, in Tampa Bay, yeah, was just like, dude, this is insane. I mean, these aren't the words he said, but he was like, this is incredible pitching right here yeah. because he is just drilling his spots. He went through a pitch sequence. I can't remember who the batter was, but he threw him a high fastball, high and in, kind of under the chin, kind of to brush him off. And yeah. it was also kind of funny because the batter and Means kind of looked at each other and were like, like, I mean, I think if my lip reading skills are correct, Means was like, you're all right. right. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I'm fine. But he kind of brushed me off. And then Means hit him with a, a just a disgusting, a dirty changeup down and away to strike him out. Um, and it was, I mean, and Brian Roberts was like, this is fantastic pitching we're watching right now. I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at the fact that if that, if that barrier were made of any other material, it would have crashed so, so loud. loud. But the fact that it is made of sound absorbent <laughs> material <laughs> means it was the softest crash that has ever been. It was just so quiet. Like also, a- like, it landed on a pile of blankets. Yeah. <laughs> like that We just happen to have as also sound barriers in the studio. Right. I wonder if we if we didn't address it, if people would have noticed that something if, happened. No, definitely not. If a was- sound barrier falls in a web studio is, and no one's there to hear it, does it ever make a sound? No, it no, doesn't. Apparently not. All right. <laughs> Also, there's so many other things in this web studio that make that so much crash. noise. They make so much noise yeah. that we have to like make sure we're not doing uh, being loud during live broadcasts. Yeah. And the fact that that fell and was so quiet was hilarious. All right. Um, let's let's continue with these true or false bobbies. Uh, David Hess got a question about him. David Hess will make 28 plus starts this season. True. True. How come? Um, because I think we've kind of. I'm not gonna say Brandon Hyde tipped his hand, but. 
Brandon Hyde alluded to this, you know, when he when David Hess got pulled during his no hitter in Toronto. Yeah. Brandon Hyde said, you know, where when this was kind of the plan. He was on a pitch limit mm-hmm. for a pitch count limit for from the get go. We envision this guy giving us thirty plus starts this season, right. and so I think in the back of their minds now. Obviously, this is dependent on factors out of our control and out of David Hess's control. Right, assuming he's healthy. Right. But if all goes according to plan, uh, a la Joker, yes, he they want him to get up to that amount of, yeah. st- amount of starts and, and develop him into a... Because, we, I mean, Kashner, Cobb, maybe even Straley, their time here is limited. You know, they're not... Right. They're good pitchers by themselves, but they're not here for the long haul for, right. the, for the Orioles. I think Dave, they want David Hess to be here for the long haul for the Orioles. And so they're going to try to build him up to be a full-time starter and give him those, if he's able to do it, give him the, that many starts. Well, that's my thing is I wonder, because now that we have John Means coming on strong, they already have Evan Phillips with this team. They brought up Josh Lucas, who's looked uh, pretty good in three star, in three appearances. They brought back Tanner Scott, who's looked good in four games. At what point... And they have Paul Fry as well, to name another, Jimmy Iacobonis. Is somebody going to steal this job from him? Um, you know, is if in his last three starts, he has not looked good. And he actually, interestingly enough, like tweeted something after that game. It's about the grind or something like yeah, that. It was yeah, like it's not, it's not how you don't judge a person based on how they do, um, you know, after in the good times, basically when they're faced with adversity. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. I Hashtag keep I, grinding. I think I said it better. Um, he's Incorrect. In his last three starts, he's 0-3. Uh, he lasted just two innings against the Rays, uh, in which he gave up six runs. He's got an ERA north of nine in those last three games. I just wonder if... if um, you know, he wasn't brought in, and most of these guys were not brought in by this regime, but you just wonder if uh, he keeps pitching close to this way. You know, if he if he has more, a lot more outings where he struggles, uh, how long is his leash going to be, and how many guys are going to be um, knocking at the door for a spot in the starting rotation? I mean, you would hope his raise outing was just, just one of the, just a bad day. Right. You know, because... Looking at his outing versus Toronto, New York, and Boston, first off, pretty tough lineups. Now the Rays are obviously very tough lineups considering they're in first place. But, you know, he held his own at least. He got into he got at least five innings in all three of those starts. Yeah. Got into the seventh against Toronto. So you just hope that that Rays outing was kind of just a blip and, yeah. you know, you move past that. No one's perfect. He's not going to give you a quality, especially, you know, for a young guy like David yeah. Hess. He's not going to give you you know, seven shot innings every single time out. So right. there are going to be bumps along the way. You just hope that's kind of the outing. The key is obviously health and, and, and other factors. In re- I, I still think right now he's the top guy. Like you mentioned those guys like Jacobonis, Means, um, uh, Phillips, Phillips, Scott, Lucas. Yeah. They're all kind of knocking on the door. I think Hess has kind of, He's a step or two of, ahead of them already. He's one of the five best pitchers right, right now in the and I think roster. it's... Who's healthy? Like you said, I don't think anyone's going to take it from him. Mm. I think it's going to be kind of his job to lose. Right. And I don't that's foresee fair. that happening. Yeah, that, I think, and I agree with you, I think that's essentially what um, Brandon Hyde alluded to. And, it, and they threw a lot of confidence in him by saying that. By saying we're looking forward to, you know, that it, it 
we're looking forward to getting all these many starts from him. It's that we believe in him, and we think that he's going to be good enough to earn all these starts as yeah. the season goes along. Yep. Um, so that was, yeah, that that's a, um, a hopefully he stays healthy and gets that many starts. Uh, all right, Austin Hayes, some news from Rockabaco in the past couple of days. He's obviously recovering from that strained left thumb, but he's begun his hitting progression. He's going to be heading to Norfolk once he gets – um, he'll have some extended spring training games, I think, first, but then he'll eventually head to Norfolk. True or false, Austin Hayes will get called up before June. True. True. True chains. I, I, and I think this is going to be part of the reason he's, he's playing or working out slash hitting without his splint. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's partially him getting healthy and playing well. Hopefully, ideally, when, once he starts playing in full games. And also Cedric Mullins is really struggling. I think they're yeah. gonna they're gonna need to do a quick switcheroo and, and option Mullins back down and bring up bring up Hayes. Well that that was my next true or false is Cedric Mullins will be the starting center fielder by season's end. True or false. Ooh. And the thing is Austin Hayes is, you know, we saw him in right field. I think he can play center. They tried him, I think, in in center during spring training. Um, you know, obviously every everything's a work in progress, so like, you know, if he's not stellar defensively initially in center, but um, would that be would that be the swap that you think they would try to make there? Yeah, because I think you, you can move Joey Rickard to center. Yeah, probably. Uh, I think he's got the speed to cover center, um, and he's played there before. But I have a good, really good friend who lives in Baltimore. He's a diehard Orioles fan, and he, you know he's he's all in on the rebuild, and he's like, I really want to see these young guys up here, and he's like, I can't wait for Austin Hayes to get healthy and get back up here, and he's like, and the decision is going to come down to between um, Cedric Mullins and Joey Ricker, who do you send down? And you can't send Joey Ricker down right now. He's just playing right. too well. And obviously, this is down the line. You said by June, so that's a month and a half away. But Cedric Mullins, man, he's been really struggling. He's only hitting 0. 0.083, I think. He's got five 08, hits on this. 9, yeah. 0.89. So he's only got like five hits on the season. Yeah, he's really struggling. Now, to be fair, a couple triples. Yeah, you know, and we've we've seen. I think I've seen at least two mishaps in, in center field from him. Yeah, but he made a phenomenal diving catch last night, he Thursday, night, to save, save the game. to save the game against the Rays. Um, his speed is undoubted, but a matter of his bat, I just think you might need to get him. This kind of bleeds into your next question. They might need to get him down and on the farm and trying right. to get his confidence and his bat going. I think he could be back up here later in the season and being the starting center fielder. Um, you know, maybe he just wasn't ready to be right out the gate of the major leaguer after yeah, after last season. It's um, We even saw him at the end of last season kind of slow down and right. regress. I think it's just one of those things because the reason that they sent Austin Hayes down, one, because he had his injury, I think, which I think happened technically after they sent him down. I can't remember the exact order of that, but they made the decision to send him and Chan Cisco down partly because they wanted to see them succeed at the AAA level. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how big of a sample size Mike Elias in this front office is going to need um, to see, you know, if he goes back and he's hitting right out of the gate and he's doing really well, you know, how long are they going to want to keep him there to see if this is, you know, if this can sustain itself before they bring him back up to see if he can do it on the major league level. Right, and also this timeline is still based on his recovery. Like, that's great that he's able to swing and participate in drills, but when does he start playing in games? Because you would figure he has to probably get a a week or two in of of playing full games before they consider bringing him up. And so, you know, you said by June, I think that's a fair timeline, if he starts playing games by early May. Yeah. 
Uh, the other question, I didn't have a question about this, but just something to note is Ryan Mountcastle has been really good. He's hit three home runs yeah. in the last four games, yeah. I think. He's destroying. Um, and some of those homers are crushed. He's hitting two sixty eight right now. Um, they've moved him around. He's actually played a lot of games at first base in Norfolk, which is interesting. Um, and I wonder, I just wonder what they're going to do with him at some point because if he keeps hitting like this, he's going to be knocking on the door. Well, the big it's always been his bat. His bat was going to play. Yep. It's yeah. just a matter of can he get the glove up here. And and where could they fit him in? Now that, you know, they've had Davis at first. They've had Mancini at first. Who knows about Mark Trumbo, if he's going to need a spot in the outfield when he comes back or a DH. So, like, you know, there are a lot of moving pieces here. And will Ryan, will there be a spot for Ryan Mountcastle um, within the next couple months is going to be interesting. Uh, all right, a couple more things for you, Bobby. Uh, the Orioles, true or false, the Orioles will be in fourth place or higher uh, by the All-Star break. True. True. All right. I'm going to say true. I, I, who knows what's going on with the Red Sox? I'm not going to say they're going to be in last place by the All-Star break, but... Disaster. Good right lord, it's a, it's a show up there. Yeah. New York, the Yankees are lucky to be eight and ten, considering how many injuries they've had. Um, Toronto's lineup isn't that impressive. We saw the Orioles take two or three from them in Toronto. Yep, I think you know, in Tampa Bay is kind of running away with the division. I know it's early, but still, I, it's going to be kind of a toss up between those four. <laughs> who's going to be in last place by yeah. All Star break? And I'm going to say it's not going to be the Orioles. I, I think you know what's. Toronto not being as good as we thought. Boston and New York having their own issues. I think the Orioles are just kind of like, nah, we're just minding our own business, playing yeah. day by day, and we'll figure it out. I would have to take a deeper dive into their schedule leading up to July. But I just think, you know, barring a dramatic setback yeah. from their key guys like Mancini or Sucre behind the plate or Dwight Smith or, or uh, Jonathan Villar, mm-hmm. I think they're playing well enough where – no, they yes, they will be fourth or better by the All-Star break. I'm not saying that's how they'll finish, but they could have a strong yeah. first half of the season. There are some stats also that like make this hard to predict in addition to the fact that the Red Sox are, you know, like really struggling and the Yankees, the fact that they have um a ton of injured guys, a ton. It's insane. And it's a, they're lucky to be yeah. 8 and 10. And the fact that the Orioles are 1 and 6 at home, but a 7 and 6 on the road. Like a weird reverse split there. Yeah. Um and the fact that they are, in terms of run differential, negative 35, the um, Blue Jays have the exact same record of 8-12, and 12, and they have their negative 7 in run differential. But the Orioles look good against the Blue Jays. So, like, it is, it is going to be tough to predict how this is going to go over the next few weeks. I'll tell you, the, whatever is going on in Boston is mind-boggling. It is befuddling. They've lost three straight as of right now. They're 4-6 and six in the last... 10. Minus 42. You hate to see it. You just hate uh, it. <laughs> well, I love to see it. No, that's, that's exactly <laughs> Minus 42 run differential. fantastic hate to see it. Isn't like, isn't, I saw something like, it's the worst run differential to start a season by a defending World Series champion in I like, believe it. like 30 or something years. It's like, the second worst run differential in the major league, second only to Miami, who's 4 and 15. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, when do the Orioles first see them? Well, they saw them already in Boston. I mean, I meant like oh. here at Camden Yards. I meant. I sorry. don't know. I don't know. But they took two of four. They split yep. the series. I mean, it's yep. like Boston fans were furious and Orioles fans were like, oh, right. Yeah. Like, we're playing with the big dogs. Let's go. Exactly. Always good to take two of four from the defending world champs. All right. Last true or false here. 
the Orioles will have more than one all-star this season. I love this one. You yeah. came up with this one. Yeah, this is me. Um, just because I think, again, they're playing considerably well right now. And uh, they're, they're, they're fun to watch. A lot of excitement. And, you know, Paul, this might not be a surprise to you and I or anyone else who covers this team because we've seen a lot of these guys have, like, strong spring trainings and we watch them day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, every team gets one all-star. You have to have at least one all-star representative. So we knew someone was going to go for to represent the Orioles. But now it's like guys are playing well. And yeah. you, you can they sneak maybe two in there? Right. I think my only question would be is, like, they're the Orioles. They're... You know, it's national voters. It's yeah. right. And it's widely known they're going through a rebuild. And, you know, the fan vote plays into it. So you get a lot of guys who get voted to go to the All-Star that maybe statistically don't deserve to go. Right. Um, I think they're going to have, I think definitely think they're going to have more than one All-Star caliber player. Right. It's they might not happen. get two voted in, though, or right. selected. And the thing is, also, there are right now, a lot of guys injured on the Red Sox, on the Yankees, that probably would be taking up spots. Yeah. That I know, I know, All Star break is a long way away, but like, if these guys are still injured, or if they don't have enough at bats, like, there might be some spots to fill. Yeah. There are, and every year there are spots to fill. So, yeah, I mean, at the, if you look at the roster at this point, obviously Trey Mancini's hitting, playing like an All Star. Who would your next guy be if you had to pick somebody? Jonathan VR. I was gonna say VR. I don't know. Is Sucre hitting enough to be kind of catchers? Always kind of tricky because they don't play every day. Right. Obviously, you know, like I said, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. John Means has all star like numbers right now. Yeah. But beyond that, um, yeah, I would say it's probably VR or Means right now at this moment. Dwight Smith Jr. I mean, I don't. He doesn't have the name recognition though, but. You know, he's playing decent. He's playing decent. He's playing decent. So here, my thing is, I I think they're going to get their one in, which I'm going to say right now is going to be Trey Mancini. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be a surprise to anyone. But I can totally see, you know, also, I know they uh, they changed up the all-star voting process. Are they still having, like, the final vote thing? I don't know how they, they change it up every year. Yeah. If they do, I'm going to say, I'm going to say VR is going to be in the final vote. I don't know if he'll get it, but he'll be one of, I think it's like five per league. Five for the AL and five for the NL. Mm-hmm. I think he'll sneak into be one of those final vote guys, which uh, I think would be pretty cool. Yeah. Also, would be kind of fun. I don't know if this is ever a possibility, but Trey Mancini has six homers right now. Yeah. Home run derby. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how they pick. I honestly have no idea what the selection yeah. process. I I, again, that that's something they change every year too, because yeah. like, all right, they just pick five guys, or then they pick captains and they pick four guys, and then right. guys decline, so they have to pick another. I don't know. Well, this is also one of those things like. I know they're giving out a million dollars for this, but, like, they tend to not get the best players in baseball. Like, they got Bryce Harper last year because it was in D.C. Right. But beyond that, it was, like, Javi Baez, who's a really good player, but, like, not a home run hitter, per se. Like, uh, Kyle Schwarber, who's, like, a power guy, but not a great player overall. Right, yeah. So, like, it just kind of seems like a hodgepodge, and you wonder if there's room for a guy like Mancini, if he would say yes to something like that, you know, and where his home run total is going to be by that point. That's true. And at... Yeah, it's just kind of. A, this, it would be fun to see. It, it would, would be, be fun to see. And to at watch. this point in your career, like, why not? Like, yeah, you're. Uh, although I don't know, like, I I could see why not if I'm Mancini. Like, you're going through a career year. Why would you want to do anything to screw it up? I guess that's true too. But like, also, but this could be your only chance, right? I mean, you know, what if 
Because if Mancini, which all signs point to, he is like one of the cornerstones, if not the cornerstone of this rebuild, like they want him for the long haul, you know, and if what if like down the line you're having a year like this, but the Orioles are competitive are competing and like mm-hmm. they're going to, they have playoff hopes, right. aspirations. So you probably wouldn't want to do it then right now. I mean, again, I'm, and we're kind of, like, we've always said like with no aspirations, you're kind of playing with house money. There's, you know, there's, you you're got nothing to lose. Right. Right. But I see your point, like individually, what if you're having a fantastic year? Why would you want to mess with that? Right in the the idea, but that's that kind of my like, point. Is like this: if if there's ever a year to try it, exactly. it'd be this year because, yeah. you know, because in it, the grand scheme of things, 2019 isn't really. Yeah, if you if you were competing for you know you have a team that's like, Trey Mancini's our best hitter, and we're looking to go to the World Series, right. Then you would worry about that. Yeah, yeah. But now um, it's like, oh, first year of the rebuild. Yeah, why not go have fun? Right. Exactly. Um, just interesting things to think about. Yeah, I mean, I get, you know, which we. Especially today, now that there's no game. And the sun's out. So the sun is out now. <laughs> it's four, three hours away from scheduled first pitch yep. and the sun is out. Watch. Yeah, it's always it's gonna ha- it's not going yeah, to rain tonight. Oh, man. Classic weather. Um, but, yeah, we don't want to, especially with no game today, we don't want to get caught up in the day-to-day too much, trying to every once in a while, maybe more often than not, actually, look at the grand scheme of things in the bigger picture yeah. with the birds and, and – so keep the fans engaged. If you know what the skin of a cantaloupe... I still haven't found it. Oh, it's it. a rind. Rind! God! See, we're idiots. I didn't even Google that. <laughs> that just came to me. <laughs> That's exactly the word. It's a rind. How do you spell that? If you stayed throughout the whole podcast... <laughs> <laughs> to get that or, bit of information. Yeah. No, or, or no. Knew it. Or yeah, and just thinking like, I can't believe they never got it. We finally got it. A rind. A rind. Oh my God. Wow, we need to end this. I just Googled cantaloupe rind. If your dog has eaten cantaloupe rind, she's definitely not in serious danger. That's the first thing I wanted to share with you. All right. Just worry about Good that. to know. Um, all right, Bobby, at Bobby underscore Blanco. It's your Twitter handle. Sorry, I stole your thunder. Yeah, it's at Paul, at Paul Mancano. It's just your your name. Yep. Your yep. full name. Didn't want to have to ask you because I knew the answer. I knew your answer question. too. All right. Mass and All Access podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Give us a follow. Spread the word at Mass and Orioles on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Thank <laughs> you.